You're listening to Grapple Talk. If you want to ask me, you want to ask me, ask me. Say, hey, Nicholas Joseph Ragnar, what just happened in the middle of the ring? Bull****. Keeping you up to date on the Midwestern independent wrestling. Yeah, I'm cussing on TV because I don't care. And welcome to Grapple Talk. I'm Jesse Von Rudin, of course, joined by Nick Ragnar. Um, and Nick coming in via the Skype this week. Um, it's a special show, Nick, because it's uh, not all topical, you know, current events. We're actually going to discuss a situation that uh, you brought to my attention. I think it's actually going to be in a very interesting episode. Yeah, definitely. You know, we, man, I tell you what, we're just both real busy dudes. And, you know, I keep hearing all this great content that's being put out by the Grapple Talk Network. And, you know, I'm sitting here. I'm like, man, I feel like me and Jesse don't we used to do this weekly. And now it seems like we're doing it once a freaking month. <laughs> so and, and we're so busy, you know, and I haven't been able to be, you know, keeping up with current events like the Mayon Classic. I haven't been able to watch the uh, the the newest New Japan show. Um, I've been catching Ron Smackdown here and there. I'm excited for No Mercy. I'm going to try to catch that. But, you know, I just feel like we don't necessarily have a ton of current events to talk about because simply, you know, on my end, I'm lagging. I'm being lazy and I'm not able to find the time to uh, stay up to date with everything happening nationally. But I figured, hey, why not? Let's just let's just, you know, let's call each other on the on the Skypers. And uh, let's record a conversation and let's just talk wrestling, man, because at the end of the day, that's what this Grapple Talk thing is all about. It's just, you know, hearing different opinions on uh, on wrestling topics and then hopefully engaging our listeners to have an opinion one way or another, whether they agree or disagree with us um, and then get engaged in what's happening in indie wrestling. That's the whole point of it. And that's kind of what, you know, my favorite part about our episodes, Jesse, is not necessarily when we're sharing news and updates, but when we give our opinions on things that are happening. Um, so and that's what I'm hoping we can do with. Whatever it is we talk about today, I'm just happy to talk with you about wrestling once again. Uh, definitely. Um, I'm always kind of wondering now, where does Maru find the time for these things? Where does AC Riley find the time for these things? <laughs> where does Jordy Lee find the time for these things? Because, like, man, you are correct on this. Um, like, last week, my boss ended up herniating a disc in his back. So I was, like, I'm doing doubles for him, and I'm yep. still at the station at this point in time. I've been here, like, 12 yeah. hours. Um, yeah. I feel like uh, you ever watch that movie, Um, oh, what's what's is it alive? The one about the the plane plane crash that's on uh, the Himalayas and they have to eat each other. I don't know if that's it. That sounds terrible, though. That does, okay. I thought you were kind of getting into a porno, but you no, kind of no, 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 right no, there. no. I'm going like straight up survival movie where like we're we crash landed our plane in the mountain and I'm eating coworkers and stuff. I mean, it, it's bad news, man. That's kind of like it, yeah. And I mean, it's similar for me. You know, it's like. Um, you know, and I'm not discrediting anything, and you know, but it's like uh, today I had uh, uh, a meeting right after work, right at 4 p.m. So technically, I left work early, and then I went to uh, one of the uh, service organization club meetings uh, mm-hmm. this tonight. And that's when, on my way home. I was like, you know, what, dude, we haven't talked about wrestling in a while, and that's when I shot you a text, and you're like, "Yep, still at work." And I was like, "Perfect, you got the recording, you know, software. I'll head home. We'll jump <laughs> on Skype and let's do this. Let's, let's pump this out." But it's you know. The same thing where it's like, you know, now I'm helping you guys out on Friday nights with the uh, the commentary, so can't mm-hmm. necessarily do plan for anything then. Uh, Saturday, I'm working over at the radio station. Um, the shoot job stuff seems to be fluctuating, whether it's I'm busy in the morning or maybe I'm busy at night. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, it's just it's a busy, busy time. And, you know, like uh, AC and me are kind of working together for me to put out those previews for his shows. And he, he shot me a message earlier uh, right when I left work, and he was like, hey, man, did you check out that? He, he sent me a script that he wanted me to do for the, the upcoming show. And I was, he sent it to me like three days ago. 
and I completely spaced on it, but it's like, damn, I, you know, I just don't have time. And I would have completely forgot about it unless, um, you know, he, he would have just reached out to me and reminded me about it. So, you know, we're both real busy dudes and just trying to find time for me and you to sit down just to talk wrestling. Even if it's for a half an hour, it just it seems like it's tough to fit into the schedule. Well, definitely. It's one of those things, you know, it, it, I'm glad he actually brought up Saturday because it was one of those things where, man, I was supposed to go to Roadhouse and uh, and Stacy's wedding, you know, this weekend. It was, it's on yep. Saturday. It's on Saturday. And um, I've been so pumped for this wedding for a long time because, like, man, these they're two of the best people that we know in the business, and it, it's really great to see where they are in life. And I, I couldn't be too, like, happier for these two. But my freaking boss is like, hey, Jesse, uh, hey, man, um, you know, we're, we're short a commentator. Are you available Saturday? And I'm like, oh, great. Because, like, Saturday we're doing the uh, Little Britches Rodeo. It's eight fucking hours of high school oh rodeo, God. dude. Yeah. Rodeo? Rodeo. Like, we're talking, speed like, um, you know, bronco busting, bull riding, um, speed barrel, barrels, uh, like, goat roping, that type of stuff for eight fucking hours, man. Yeah, and Riley talked to me, and he was like, hey, do you want to do this, uh, do Jen and, and uh, Roadhouse's wedding? And I was like, oh, that sounds like fun. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm booked at the radio station. So, no, I'm sorry, dude, I can't. There's yeah, no yeah, way. Cause you know, like, on the other side of the state. Yeah, because he hit me up yesterday. And it's like, uh, you know, instead of first, they're like, hey, man, uh, hey, just seeing if it's okay to ride with you. You know, it's like, hey, man, so uh, you, you're coming down to, like, Milwaukee at the same time I'm coming down, you know, like, it's okay if I ride with you type of thing. And it's like, ah, oh, man, you know, <laughs> I, I know what the conversation is going to be like for three hours, you know, so I'm going to start talking about things I actually enjoy, like fantasy football and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's an easy car ride at that point. But, um, yeah. no, man, that just really kind of puts a, a monkey wrench into, like, weekend plans. But, you know, hopefully by the, the end of the pay period after this one, um, it's going to be a pretty hefty check, you know. Right, and that's always like the the end game, right? So you, you're putting in all this work, and you have to miss out on things with other people and have a social life. But hey, at the end of the day, at least you have some greenbacks to make you a little bit happier, right? So um. I, I don't know, define <laughs> greenbacks, Nick, because like most of the time, it's just going straight to those gimmicks that come in the mail, you know? Yeah, that's exactly true. We dude. need I'm living to get sponsors right for this podcast network. I mean, yeah, if we need somehow to uh, diversify our portfolios, you know, as uh, the Wu Tang Clan would say. So. Somebody needs, yeah. We, somebody needs to get out there and start doing sales, and I'm thinking it's it's probably AC because I don't know if that dude takes no for an answer, in bad and good ways. Um, yeah, you know, he will give out no as an answer, and then right. those people who actually hear no from him won't take no for an answer. So it's kind of weird like that. Yeah, but uh, but hey, we found time to finally sit here and actually, as we talk right now, uh, shout out mm -hmm. to Maru, our regular guy gaming. He totally just messaged me and said, "Hey, I see you're on Skype. Uh, let's bang out an episode quick." And it's like, no, <laughs> no, I have time to do one, and I'm I'm doing it on the the flagship because we haven't done it in such a while. And uh, I just I, I think that's funny because yeah, because you, know, like, you guys are on what like episode ten of your gaming show now or what? I think it's like maybe seven or eight, but yeah, that one's that one's climbing up real fast. Uh, Maru, regular guy, gaming Isaac, whatever you want to call him, has done a great job in lining up interviews. You know, he uh, he had a lot of people. He's he, he similar to us. You know, he hit the ground running and he was very mm -hmm. enthusiastic about it, and he wanted to do recordings like every single day. Um, I don't know what he does outside of recording the podcast and playing video games though. Does to he make have him a so shoot available, job? I have no idea. I mean, doesn't he? Test I try. Games I try not to get stuff? to know him. Yeah, I don't think he no, he doesn't work for Activision anymore. I try to know his personal life uh as little as possible. We keep it professional, 
on the Regular Guy Gaming Podcast. And I know he listens. To, he actually listens to the flagship show, so he's hearing all this. And uh, RGG, you know what, dude? Why don't you go play Absolver because you're a total idiot and you like wasting money? Oh man, okay. you know he bangs uh, out these he bangs out these podcasts like they're kids. Oh yes, you know oh, it's like uh, love it. Man, that was great. Man, that was so great so turn. many so many of them. God, yeah, that was that was awesome. But hey, you know what? A couple of his kids were down in Florida, and that yeah, whole mess that's happened. I saw there, that. They, that was they, crazy. They finally, uh, you know, decided to evacuate before. I mean, in, in the hurricane, at the end of the day, I think it became it was like downgraded to like a, a level two or maybe even a tropical storm. So that's great. But you know, if for some reason anyone is listening down in Texas or Florida, because I don't think we have that kind of reach. But you know what? Thoughts and prayers with everybody down there, regardless if you're atheist or not. It's a thought that counts, and we said it. Um, because <laughs> I always have to preface that because people are so butthurt about things these days. Yeah, um, they are. But, but you know, I, I, and you know, obviously with the organization I work with and seeing all this stuff, I, I've, I've seen the devastation. And I'm not trying to get off topic too much now, but man, that puts a damper in a lot of things happening around the world, including football, even wrestling, and things like that. Well, definitely, it's one of those things where you know it's you expect it during hurricane season. But it's just the abruptness of it, and there's nothing you can really do to prep besides, you know, board up your windows, get out of town. That's about yep. it. You know, Definitely. you know, you're seeing a lot of the video footage coming from like Houston, coming from Florida, and it's just total devastation. And you're, it's like to the point where you're seeing people like with boats inside their houses. I mean, that that juxtaposition alone is just like, what the fuck. Yeah, it you know? is. You know, I I had the chance, and if you haven't yet and you're mm-hmm. listening to this podcast, most likely you're a wrestling fan. Um, Steve Austin did an amazing interview with Teddy Fowler, one of his longtime friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fowler was actually one of the guys. He's a he's a basically a contractor down in Texas, and he does a lot of construction work and things like that. And he um, he's, he decided to stick out the hurricane and weather the storm down there in Texas. And he, he gives an amazing interview, and it, it's crazy to think about the things that those people might have been dealing with and the things that those people came back to. Um, so if you haven't yet, you know, a shout-out to Steve Austin's podcast and listen to that episode with Teddy Fowler because it is incredibly eye-opening uh, to, to hear about what happened down there. Plus, if you're a wrestling fan, then you're also getting it from the perspective of Stone Cold Steve Austin. So there's your kind of – your. Uh, you know, your tie to uh, to wrestling and, and finding out more about what's happening in the world outside of, uh, you know, maybe your desk job or, you know, you're uh, making a Big Macs before you head out to wrestle on the weekends. I mean, God, get, God damn, Nick, there was like four feet of water out there in Houston. <laughs> yeah, that's actually kind of that's kind of what it was like. That yeah. was very yeah, that's kind of what it was like. But hey, you know what? Since the last time we talked, I think we both had a couple of big shows. I know. Our last Grapple Talk episode, I was talking about uh, the River Rumble. Mm-hmm. Jesse, I know that you've been to BCW, I believe, since then. Maybe you've been to a couple of other shows. What's been going on with you wrestling-wise, man? Actually, I don't think I've been to a show. I was supposed to go to Jesus the... fuck. Yeah, man. Um, I was supposed to go up to the Freedom Cup, and then I got called in basically to work that Saturday. So, yeah, I had to go cover at the Speedway for um, Richard Wilson. So that was a lot of fun. Um, Brown went up, filmed it. Um, from what I hear, it was a really good show. Really good turnout. Um, everyone just killed it. Like, WPW is doing some really good things right now. Um, BCW is coming up this weekend. Um, they're bringing in Shane Douglas to go against Dysfunction. Now, this is a battle of the franchises because the term franchise is such a, 
I don't know. It's such a good term to use when it comes to wrestling and sports and just like life in general. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that one's going to be really, you know, interesting to see. I see our boy AC Riley has a very big singles match against Annex Andretti down there. I mean, that's a, it's a really good opportunity for Alex as well. Um, Sierra, it's going to be the first time seeing her as a heel down there in uh, Milwaukee. So it's going to be interesting to see how that one really kind of plays out and, you know, BCW always puts on a quality product there at the Knights of Columbus and West Dallas. So, uh, you know, if you're on the fence about not going to the show or actually going to the show, I would say go to this show. Um, they always deliver, and it's getting to the point where they're on their road to, um, oh, what's their big show? Um, is it Rise to Honor? Yeah, Rise yeah, to Honor. Yeah, Rise to Honor. Yep. So they're on their road to Rise to Honor in January. So this is, like, the time to get on it because you're going to be seeing everything they've been building for, the like, the last year really start to come to fruition and you can kind of really see where all these angles are going to end up it's i don't know this is actually probably my favorite time for bcw is always that fall run so yeah you know i i've unfortunately you know you you cover them for the media stuff and obviously wpw taking a bigger mm -hmm. role in doing that you know i've obviously been booked on a couple of wpw shows here and there i've went to a few bcw shows um but man just the product that those two companies have been putting out as of late you know especially mm -hmm. bcw it seems like you know, as far as being consistent with having the sponsorships and having the uh, community engagement, they're so good at that. Like, you know, and this is one thing that, you know, I also, not to plug another podcast, but uh, Court Bauer, I believe, was also on, uh, maybe it was Steve Austin's podcast, or maybe it was JR's, I can't remember. Mm -hmm. But they do such a great job of almost feeling ingrained in the community. Um, MLW's Court Bauer said that during one of his latest podcasts, you know, that as a promoter, you need to do a lot more than just social media posts, and putting up promos and the occasional flyer. It's like you look over at BCW and it almost feels like a community sport. Like for us here in lacrosse, it feels like it's the loggers. I'm on the other side of the state and I see more media blasts of BCW than I do some actual minor league sports here on the other side of the state. It's crazy. And Frankie has done such a great job in being able to promote that. And Ben and company over at WPW has also done a great job in, in rebranding WPW making it feel like this big, important, independent company on the other side of the state. They've been doing fantastic things with storytelling, with uh, their media exposure. And it's really, really cool to see that kind of happening because um, I, I don't know. It, it's just it's 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 neat that those two companies have basically become part of those those areas, those communities, those uh, having a lot of regular people that come to the shows and drawing well, putting on great content. Um, and that can be said for a number of organizations, but I'm just I'm pick, picking out those two just because we're talking about them. But mm -hmm. but yeah, great things obviously happening over there. I mean, I haven't went to a show in a while, and I guess to round up this long-winded rant, um, I haven't been to one in a while. But I mean, I, I hear about them left and right, so obviously they're doing something right. Yeah, it's always interesting because I think this really kind of brings it up into the topic that we wanted to talk about today, and it's very much. You know, big promotion versus little promotion when it comes to indie wrestling. Um, you know, you see one of those things where you see quality promotions against, like, what's been branded as a shit promotion. And now, and I'm not saying that a promotion that's been branded a shit promotion is actually technically a shit promotion. But in a lot of people's eyes, it's not considered the big dance, like, uh, like a promotion like a BCW or a WPW. Or even like, you know, a first wrestling or something like that, an ACW. Yep. Um, they're, they're a smaller promotion who don't necessarily have the experience of promoting or the experience of having sponsors or the experience of having shows that draw more than 50 people. Yet they still yep. go out and they actually do 
put on a quality show. They do go out and they actually do entertain their fans. And I think this was um something that got brought up during Jordy Lee's podcast he had told me about with um Brock Hall, where they were talking yeah, about that's right. talking about UPW, which just recently folded up in um the upper Michigan, which is which is a shame because UPW, like you know, I got an opportunity to go up there multiple times. I enjoyed my time up there. Um it was always interesting because you got to see guys get outside their comfort zone and try out different things. And if you look throughout the state and you look at places where guys can go and learn and get outside their comfort zone, there's not really many of those. Because currently, right now, a lot of places feel like they have their guys already kind of set in stone and there's no flexibility. Exactly. You know... I, I'm going to say this right now, mm-hmm. and there's going to be a couple of people that know this and a couple of people that don't, but A.C. Riley, if he's listening to this podcast, like he's an example, right? Mm-hmm. He should be, if if in New Age Wrestling and how shitty that promotion is ever gets brought up, A.C. Riley should be one of the first guys to defend them. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason be, is because of that is because a, N, NAW, or whatever, whatever, New Age Wrestling, NAW, Gave him the ability, man. You yeah, know? right. <laughs> gave him the ability to be what he is today, right? Mm-hmm. So that's something that's great. If you haven't listened to the Jordy Lee Brock Hall podcast interview on the Grapple Talk Network yet, I highly encourage doing it. They do. Uh, it's always fun listening to Jordy's interview style and and getting to know the wrestlers uh, personally. It's always kind of nice. They don't necessarily always talk about wrestling, and when they do, it feels like they're not. So it's always a great listen. Um, but Brock did that same thing. You know, everybody always. For the since the dawn of time, for some for some reason or another, likes to shit on UPW. Um, and Brock Hall was the first guy to say, you know, we we like to make fun of it, yeah. But he's like, honestly, if I if I didn't go up there and try out these different gimmicks, I wouldn't be who I am today. And that's similar. Like I saw that firsthand with New Age Wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. So AC Riley had gone through this super long stint of being just kind of a babyface, generic babyface, stale. Didn't know what he wanted to do character wise. But he always wanted to work heel, but he was—he had nowhere to do it, right? He had nowhere to test it out. I wanted to get into managing, but I can't just get booked anywhere to be a manager without having some sort, you know, testing Something it out, testing the waters, yeah. right? So what do you know? New Age Wrestling reaches out to AC Riley and is like, hey, kid, I got a couple of shows here and there. You know, let's, you know, see what you want to do. And me and AC go, this might be our, this is our perfect opportunity, right? We can come in as a heel pair. AC can try out his new heel gimmick that he wants to do, whatever it is on his own singles and I can be the manager. I can work out that role as a heel manager, get some mic time at a, at a promotion that probably drew 10 to 20 people or whatever, you know? Um, but we and that's did just that. in the locker room. So, right. Yeah. Um, but we did that, you know, we worked there probably five or six shows. I'd say the max draw was maybe 20 people. Right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, once we got done with that, once we felt comfortable with what it was that we were doing, we were willing to go to RCCW and be like, hey, Derek, we know you. Can you let us try it out here? Then we got to do it there, right? And then all of a sudden we go to WPW and they and they book us as the, the, the duo there. Um, other promotions start calling and we, we go there as well. So it's kind of like a lot of times people like to look at these uh, these these companies. And I, and I get this and we'll get a little back and forth uh, about this moving forward. But um, people look at these companies as, as, as town killers, right? That they, they ruin draws for certain places. They ruin the idea of wrestling for a lot of fans, um, thus hurting the overall image of independent wrestling. You know, So if they're a promoter, they, they, they can't necessarily convey the same message. But at the same time, if we didn't have these little, these little tiny promotions, the, these NAWs, 
I don't know if you want to call UPW a tiny promotion because, you know, I knew about them on the complete opposite side of the state. But if you didn't have these, you wouldn't have guys like, I mean, look at Maru. Maru is mm-hmm. uh, blown up here in lacrosse. He's now working over in ACW as a tag team champion. He also came from a new age wrestling, and he wouldn't have been able to probably find himself in that role if it wasn't for, for you know, uh, being able to work at new age wrestling, work out the kinks, and then go to these bigger promotions and say, hey, I'm a finished product now. Take a chance on me, and you know I'll prove you. I won't. I'll, I'll prove you wrong if you think that I'm coming from this little promotion. And I have nothing to give. Um, I think that's definitely overlooked a little bit. It is. Um, you know, like when we got our start, it was very much a small promotion. We got our start with New Age Wrestling, and it was one of the things where, you know, that's you can't necessarily learn at the biggest stage. You know, like I don't know. A lot of people be like, oh no, you can learn. You can learn, but. There is something to be said about independent wrestling and the trial by fire. It's very much one of those, okay, see if you can do it. See who else can see you do it. Okay, can you do it on the next level? Can you do it on the next level? Can you do it on the next level? And I think a lot of people take that for granted that, you know, they might get trained in. And then they're very much protected in that little circle. But when they go outside that circle, it's very much still a trial by fire type of thing. Um, you know, I, I totally agree with you, Nick. Um, there's so many promotions out there who some some of them feel like they put their their nose up in the air at like a certain distinction that other companies have. While you know, at the same time, though, it's like you know, you started from the bottom and you're you were at the spot where these guys were at at one point. You know, it's very much, I almost, I don't even know, what would be like the correct term? It's kind of like, man, it's like being in a bar band, you know? It's like, if you want, <laughs> yeah, you're going to take whatever fucking gigs that you want, that you can right away before yep. you get an opportunity to play at a festival, right? Even yep. if it's like your local Mediterranean fest that only like 30 people show up at, you still need to cut your teeth and get your shit in and get yep. your, get your set list set. And get your, your your band chemistry going before you can make that next step. And I think a lot of a lot of workers, you know, like they need that. Like we've been on the podcast before, and we have said it time and time and time again. The only thing that's going to make you better is going out there and getting the reps and doing what you're doing. Because the more reps you get, the more practice you get, the better you get at it. It becomes Absolutely. second nature for your character to flow naturally from you. It becomes second nature for you to move like that character would. And you're not thinking about stuff at that point in time in the bright, you know, with, with the bright lights and a bigger stage in front of 500 fans instead of 20 fans. You know, it, it just comes natural. And I think a lot of guys, and you can tell, if they've, they've never learned then they're still learning and it could be like eight years in the ring they could be 10 years in the ring and they're still learning and i'm not talking like you know like honing that learning i'm talking about learning learning you know like the basics they're still learning the basics and they're like they they come off they come off flat and uninspired and you know it's very un it's unfortunate but sometimes you have promoters and workers like that and that's why this whole podcast really got brought up. This discussion got brought up today is, is that a good thing when a promotion that could be considered a learning ground for people to learn and try different things? Is it a good thing or a bad thing in the long scheme of things if that company closes down? We well, you know, 
I don't I don't think so personally. Um, mm-hmm. you know, people can say what they want to say and it's fun to have opinions and it's fun to disagree. Um, it's fun to, you know, see how something's being done and say how you can do it better. Um, and we all have that, right? You know, we're sitting yeah. here and we're watching the Packers play on Sunday and we're questioning every single play call that Mike McCarthy lays out for his for his offense, right? And it's fun to do that. But at the same time, you have to when you look at the logistics of of an RWA of an and NAW and things like that. You know, we disagree sometimes with the bookers of that. I mean, I know a lot of people, and I know Ace doesn't listen to this podcast, but I know a lot of people that hate that dude, right? Yeah. But at the same time, you look at the opportunity that he's able to give some individual. You know, here's another great thing, right? I'm mm-hmm. not trying to call out promotions and say one's better than the other. But if you look at, like, an MEPW, right? Mm-hmm. Juicy Johnny booking that place or whatever. You see some of the pictures, some of the videos. You know they don't draw the best. You know they're they're. I I wouldn't necessarily put them in a tier of like a BCW and ACW WPW. You know just because they don't necessarily have those consistent drawing numbers. But here's the thing: they have a great partnership with the BCW. A lot of times on those MEPW shows, you're seeing some of this young talent like an Onyx Andretti, like a, like a uh, Aesop Mitchell. You know like the Sierras, like the uh, Vanessa Azuris, like the uh, uh, Lena De Oros. You know. At first, when those kids are getting trained in, they might not be able to fit into that BCW mold, that BCW Friday nights at the West at West Alice. They might not be able to get on that card and make a difference. But what they can do is they can go to these places like an MEPW, you know, who's uh, you know still kind of trying to get a feel for how they can draw more people, how they can advertise better, how they can market themselves better. And they're booking these young kids, allowing them to go out there without having the fear of saying, you know what, if I fuck up tonight, I might as well kiss my ass goodbye. You know, they can go to these promotions. Maybe, you know, you could uh, make a, you know, like a RWA or whatever, but they can go to these and they can they can sort of, you know, be creative, learn and, and, and come back to these their home bases with new ideas and new ways in which they can better themselves. And when you hear about something like an RWA or, or you hear something about some other promotion that might be closing, it's tragic it's extremely unfortunate because that's one less place that these people uh can go to to get some reps in you know what i mean like for us and i know i'm talking for a while here rwa is a great place i know that me and ac don't necessarily go there as much anymore but it was fantastic it was like two hours away which technically for me and ac is actually pretty close um and it was a great place to get reps in right so when the the other promotions weren't in session regardless of the size of them when the rccws weren't in session WPW wasn't booked that time. ACW wasn't booked that time. WPW wasn't booked that time. UPW wasn't booked that time. MPW, whatever. There might have been an RWA show, which gave you the opportunity to get more reps, try out your character, try out your shit in the ring, and uh, see what sticks and see what doesn't. And that's what RWA was great for. You know, you look at AC Riley, and I know that, uh, uh, you know, um, you know, I know that it was kind of short-lived, but he had the opportunity to go over there and be a heavyweight champion. You know, it's like, how many opportunities are you going to have a chance to try to be the face of a, regardless if it's a low tier, middle tier, high tier company, and you know go on last and make sure that the people that are there, regardless if it's 20 or 200, get their money's worth. And I think that's an experience that a lot of people are going to lose out on. And uh, you know, I, I don't know if RWA is going to fold or not. You know, I um, haven't been you know keeping up with like the, the the Booker and everything like that. You know, I'm hoping that they can stick with it. I think that you know uh, they, they're good for this area. I know a lot of people disagree with how they book things and a lot of people disagree with who they affiliate themselves with. But at the end of the day, if you can get there, if you can get more reps and if you're new in the business, especially, and you need to try something out, 
that you think might work, but you just you're just not sure. It's a great place to do that. Oh, it's definitely you know it's um it's always interesting because you have to go kind of out on the limb to try something new, especially today. Um, you know you don't have the luxury of the territory days, you know where. You know, you get to be on the road five days a week, and you can work out the wrinkles on your match. So by the time you come back to that same town a week later, you can have a better match. You can be a better worker than you were a week ago. Now it's one of those things where some guys only get booked maybe once a month, twice a month. You know, and where they're getting booked, it's, you know, they're going to go out there and they're going to try their damnedest to put on a really good match. Sometimes they put on a really good match in front of 20 people. Sometimes it's in front of, you know, like 75, 100 people, you know, it all depends on yep. the draw for some of these companies. Um, I don't know. Like when you were talking about this, like I, I got to ask you a question and I kind of really want an honest answer of this. Where you have a company like WWE has a developmental system where, with NXT. Do you think at some point in time, you know, we're seeing these companies like BCW, like ACW, you know, up in the cities with Ken Anderson and stuff like that, where they have these training schools now and they're actually starting to push their talent into their mainstream company, do you think it would almost be beneficial to have an umbrella company, you know, like you mentioned with uh, Main Event Pro Wrestling, but still have that be more like your feeder developmental company? I don't know necessarily if I want to call companies feeder companies and not feeders. Like, you know, I didn't mean to, like, say anything about MEPW. I just, you know, looking at MEPW's but draws, I'm, I'm, I'm asking it, like, there. From from a company standpoint, you think it would oh, be yeah. beneficial to have yourself a feeder company? I, I I would probably liken it more to a uh, what New Japan does with excursions. So I would say instead of having a development company or whatever, I would more look at it as in if you're a uh, booker for WPW, BCW, RCCW, hell, if you're a booker for MEPW, whatever promotion that you have that has some sort of school, I would make contacts. This is a great way in which companies and things like that can establish those relationships we can put to put the rest all these stupid ass rumors about people hating each other and not wanting to work with each other this is a perfect opportunity where you can say hey you know um I i'm running this school over here i have a couple of these kids they're really good maybe a little raw i need them to get into the ring um i need them to show their stuff a little bit is there any sort of way in which you know you might have some availability maybe we can help each other out maybe i can you know whatever it may be um, and I think that might be the best way to do it. Actually, you know, when I think about it and I say it, I almost think somehow I know that that's kind of how MEPW worked a little bit, where Frank made that connection mm -hmm. and tried to help, you know, some of his guys get booked. Um, but, yeah, you know, I think I think that's definitely the best thing to do if you are running a school is, you know, it's always kind of nice to, to obviously allow your the ones that you're training and things like that to be involved in your in your booking and at your, you know, home promotion. But I think it does wonders for those, you know, those – uh, young workers to make those connections because they don't have those connections. But if you were to call and you, you had faith in what they were able to offer, you know, if you were able to reach out to those other bookers, other promotions from around the state, help from other states and get their foot in the door, give them the experience of being on the road, working in locker rooms in which they're not familiar with, you know, being able to be creative without the worry of, you know, working at their home promotion, um, and, and possibly fucking up, you know, I think that's, I think that's great. That's, that's, that's what I would envision a lot of schools should be doing opposed to doing this whole, like, you can only work here sort of thing for an ex for a certain period of time, which I'm not sure how much is done anymore, but that's kind of how a couple of places did it back in the day when we first broke in. Yeah. Which is always kind of, a, it, it hinders growth. Um, one of the things like the reason why I brought up a feeder system, it's almost kind of like 
you got the long, Young Lion shows that New Japan puts on. Yeah. I'm, I'm, ta- I'm talking to someone similar like that. So let's say, for instance, uh, hypothetically, our CCW is kind of got like a training school, right? They got some kids in there. They think they're about ready, but they don't want. They don't have room yet on the RCCW proper show. So what you do is you kind of just, hey, how about we just do a smaller show? And I know some people are like, oh man, like how how small can you get? But you do a smaller show, and you have guys kind of work out the kinks, like rookies on rookies, and maybe you book like one vet on that show. Um, it'd be kind of similar to what. Um, how was it beyond wrestling did for a while there where they were just booking shows for workers. So you work in front of workers and it's one of those things where you can critique and get better and better. So it's almost kind of like, you know, you're taking that step out of the training school, but you're working in front of a live crowd, but it's a smaller live crowd. So you have to try harder. You have to get your game on and stuff like that. And then you can progress to the next one. You can progress to the next one. So it's very much you're getting your reps in still in a training environment, but it's with less pressure. You see what I'm coming yep. from with that? Yes, I definitely do. And, you know, uh, quick plug, I just want to make mm-hmm. sure that I, I plug this since obviously we're about local wrestling and stuff. But once you bring that up, it's kind of interesting, actually, for those of you that don't know, kind of similar vein, I guess, but it's a one-off kind of thing. Um, ICW is going to be holding that Silas Young Invitational. It's a 16-man tournament, and it's open to all wrestlers mm-hmm. with five or less years of experience. So it's a great chance to be able to see some of the young talent. It's uh, going to be in Milwaukee, September the 14th. It's a Thursday night show, which is actually two days from now. Yeah. So I'm not sure if we're going to get this. Uh, we'll get this podcast up. Oh, yeah, it should be up. But, uh, but yeah, definitely if you're in the area, something interesting to see because, uh, you know, looking at their poster and uh, hearing some of the, the, uh, the kids that are going to be there working, uh, it's very, a lot of very promising talent. Yeah, and actually one of the um, the talent on there, I think is Oren Veit. He's actually from up in the cities. This guy goes all over the place. He's actually he's got a really interesting gimmick. He, he works very hard, so it's good to see him actually making the trek there too because, like, if you can open up the eyes of, like, the ICW crowd, which is a great, you know, ICW is also one of those promotions where you can go and learn and try new things um, without feeling like there, there's a lot of pressure on you, you know, to, to actually excel. At that point, um, you know, Kurt and those guys do a really good job over there in ICW. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. And it's always kind of weird, too, because, like, one of the subject matters that always gets brought up with these smaller promotions is the idea that they kill a town. Now, Nick, um, exactly. when 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 the phrase killing a town comes out, um, it almost seems like, well, because they draw terrible at a certain place, like, they're just going to kill it for wrestling, period. Now... You know, lacrosse, this was a good example about this. Um, before RCCW and before Seven Rivers Wrestling, New Age Wrestling would run here and there, here in lacrosse. And it always seemed like it was it was sporadic. And the fans weren't necessarily always coming out. But when they did come out, though, like, they were, do, they were doing decent business, like popping 150, like 200 a show. Um, when the phrase killing a town comes out and – it's always kind of weird because I don't think you can necessarily kill a town. I think you can run a town dry because yep. you're booking too much, but I don't necessarily think you can kill a town. Yeah, and I think a lot of that goes back to uh, the promoting aspect of things, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you are a good enough promoter, and, you know, I've been saying this a while, and I'm not sure if I get heat for it or not, and honestly, you know, at this point, I go to so little shows that it doesn't matter anymore. I think it's fun if people want to talk about what we say in a locker mm-hmm. room because, obviously, nothing that any me, anything that me or you say shouldn't matter in the grand scheme of things because who the fuck are we? 
But that being said, I don't think there, I don't think killing a town is necessarily anything. I think if you are a good enough promoter and getting your word out there and, and, and being a professional, you should be able to make a draw of whatever it is that you can draw. Now, obviously, at the end of the day, you know, if, if, if for the first time ever, right, mm-hmm. somebody's like, I'm not sure if I like wrestling, and they go to some events and somebody, like, stabs somebody in the eye with a fork and there's blood everywhere and all of a sudden everybody has hepatitis C, then most likely you might have you might have fucked something up there. Like, let's be honest there. But when it comes to, like, you know, light draws, maybe wrestling not being the greatest, you know, I can't necessarily say that that's going to that's gonna overall hurt a another company's ability to put on a good show and make a good draw. Because, you know, at the same time, I think a lot of, you know, and we, we, we talk about this how many times, but... You Almost every make, week, it seems. You you can make you can make uh, you know uh, excuses all that you want if you have a light book. All the weather was great. You know we weren't able to get posters up over here. You know and and sometimes a lot of those are valid. But at the same time too, I think you know your 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 draw is only going to be as good as your advertising and your and your and your your booking and your promoting. Um, so I don't necessarily think killing the town is necessarily uh it's a fun thing to say and obviously Lance Storm and. And uh, and Don um, Callis, Don Callis have you know a, a podcast named after that, so that's pretty mm-hmm. cool for them. But you know, I just yeah, I don't I don't really buy that too much. And I think if you're, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you look at boxing, right? Mm-hmm. Like look at that freaking McGregor Mayweather fight. Now we're now we're just now we're scaling things ri- a ridiculous amount because we're comparing that to indie wrestling. Mm-hmm. But look at the fucking ability for those the promoters that worked on that. To make that seem like a big fucking deal, right? Yeah. You know, looking from the on the outside looking in, you have a guy in MMA who has a loud mouth versus one of the best boxers in the history of everything, you know. And this is the biggest draw in like the history, like the past however many years. Like it drew more than Pacquiao Mayweather. It did more than any WrestleMania has ever done. Who's king of promoters? You know, think about that. Boxing is basically a dead fucking sport, right? Mm-hmm. It's basically dead, but somehow. These promoters are able to draw like almost a freaking, you know, almost a billion fucking dollars. Yeah. And it's like all that comes back down to is promoting. And I know we're getting off subject here, but I think at the end of the day, all of this can be wrapped up in the ability of a promoter's, uh, you know, the ability of a promoter and, and, and how they can make a show at the end of the day uh, appeal to the, the people that might be coming. That is definitely true. So uh, promoters out there, if you're promoting, go out there. Get involved in your comp, you know, in your in your communities. It's a huge, huge thing. Um, you know, a lot of people want to say say what they will about like you know maybe like the AWF up in the cities, but I don't think there's anyone who puts more boots on the ground than Tony Danucci when it comes to going from community to community to community and getting sponsors for his shows, and it, it really pays off. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. man, I like I I work in a I I feel like a pretty big organization here in Lacrosse, right? Yeah, it's I know Salvation a couple Army. of others. Yeah, I know a couple of other pretty big organizations, uh, you know, that do work in lacrosse. But at the same time, it's like constantly you hear it from others. Like people don't know what you're doing unless you go out there and tell them what you're doing. You know, mm-hmm. we're this big, we're a big organization. We have a logo that's plastered everywhere. Based, it's similar to like Michael. You know, everybody knows has, has in some case or another heard of Salvation Army, whether it's like bell ringing or whatever. Yep. But at the same time, people aren't going to know what you're doing today unless you get out there and do it. So you have to be able to promote what it is you're doing to be able to get whatever it is that you want. Mm-hmm. And I think at the end of the day, social media is fantastic, man. Like social media is great. It's a great way to reach a niche type of audience. Putting up posters at the Lindy's and at the 
you know, record shops and blah, blah, blah. That is also great. But at the same time, you need to get out there. You know, you want to, you want to have some type of promotion, right, mm-hmm. that draws hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people consistently. You know, go out there and, like you mentioned, get involved in your community. You know, get to know the people that uh, are out and about at these type of events. Get people to come to your events. You know, do things on the news. Blast media with press releases, things you're doing that relate to the community, whether it's fundraisers. You know, if you're doing mm-hmm. a fundraiser, you should be sending out a press release every fucking week to try to get yourself some free airtime. You know, like that stuff is key. You know, the social media posters and putting up the, the promos is great and, and doing the flyers in, in some maybe high population locations. But if, you know, if people look at a poster, they're not necessarily going to understand what it is they're looking at or if it's something they want to be involved in. But if you can get in front of them or you can find a way in which they're, they're seeing what it is that you're doing and understanding what you're trying to do, you're going to get way more people in that door. And I can honestly, you know, working in what I've been doing for the past year, I can totally guarantee that. That is definitely true. It's one of the things where, you know, one of the things that's really big in this community, especially last weekend, was stepping out in pink. Now, stepping out in pink is just, just a straight up, just a walk to raise awareness for breast cancer. Why not use that as as shamelessly as it seems, you know? Why don't you fucking take your company out there? You know? Get fucking eyeballs on your shit, you know? Yep. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Like, fucking, it's, yeah, it, it seems like it should be a slam dunk, you know? Like, it's PR, it's PR, it's rule number one in PR, yeah. you know? Try to connect yourself with different things that are making, a, that are that are getting pubs all over the place. Do whatever you can to get your name out there. You know, like I mentioned, you know, sometimes I feel like at the end of the day, and this is, I, I'm the blame of this, but sometimes you feel like if you just go through the motions, things are going to mm-hmm. happen for you. And that's just not the case. You know, you need to get out there and do the extra work. You know, like I've been doing this YouTube gaming channel. I've been getting shit for reviews. I'm terrible at promoting it. I'm <laughs> God awful. But yeah. the thing is, is I know personally, I'm not putting the work into doing that. Like yeah. I'm, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do the editing and I'll, you know, do the Facebook plugs every now and again. But I'm not actively trying to be engaged in any sort of online communities when it comes to YouTube gamers. That's like rule number one. You know, you need to get out there. You need to make your get your name heard. Um, and I'm doing a bad job of that myself. And I can I can I can admit it. But that's a big thing about what these these companies. You know, like I mentioned, with when it comes to BCW, there was a span there in an entire month or a couple of months where it, I think they were on the news like three freaking times. Yeah. Like for for here on lacrosse, that is un heard of the only time that rccw has ever gotten any airtime is when i did the story mm-hmm. and that's not putting blame on them or anything but i'm just saying you know there's obviously other avenues in which you can promote a company that i, I believe are, are missed sometimes and I, I think part of that's just people don't necessarily know exactly what to do um and another part of that is people just maybe expecting you know the social media posts and the um flyers around town will take care of the the draw that as long as we have a, a poster with six guys on it, you know, it's going to draw 100 people, like, easy. You know, right? And no, 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 dude, no. That, 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 I don't think the math actually works. I don't think that's actually an algebraic formula. Six guys on one poster equals 100 asses in seats. Um, You know, you might want to put some extra variables in there before you get 100 asses in seats. But it's one of those things where it's like, oh, man. So, like, Bill Niles, so connected with the racing community here in lacrosse. You know, shout out to Bill if he's listening to the podcast, hey, awesome if you're not hey guess what we shot you out anyhow um but one of the things he's really connected with is 95 7 the rock and they talk nascar at least once or twice a week there they promote the local track and they talk the national scene now why couldn't a wrestler or a wrestling company 
get in bed with a radio station that actually has some coverage, doesn't matter if it's here locally or in Milwaukee or Green Bay or something like that, where you can come on and you can talk wrestling nationally for like 10 minutes with a DJ and then talk five minutes about the local show coming up. Exactly, man. You know, you think about this and working in mm-hmm. news myself, yeah. and, you know, if there, there are bookers or promoters listening to this, I mean, I don't want to say that me and you know exactly what we're talking about. Honestly, right? we probably we don't, don't know shit. We don't know shit, but yeah. this is just coming from us two guys that work in media and understand maybe mm-hmm. how promoting can be done for, you know, outside of wrestling. Like, we've done promotions for other things and other events. But, um, yeah, like, coming from the news background, there are so many times where you're like, man, you know, I mean, we're just going to be able to fill this time with the, the generic stuff, but it'd be really cool to have a change of pace every once in a while. I mean, we have how many sports radio stations? We have like three or four. Mm-hmm. I mean, even calling them and saying, hey, man, we have a show this, this, you know, and th- again, like you mentioned, this could go for Green Bay, Milwaukee. You want to go northern Wisconsin. You want to go Illinois. You want to go Iowa, whatever. Um, but giving them a call and just saying, hey, you know, we have this really big show coming up. We're a local wrestling promotion. You know, we do this. We do that. We draw this many people. Um, you know, wondering if we can take, you know, five minutes of your time to talk about our product. And if you want to talk national wrestling, you know, that'd be cool too, because as much as people might not want to admit it, there is definitely an audience for that in a lot of different places. And I think being able to get on a morning show is cake because half the time they're, they're looking for things to fill time. Right. So Mm -hmm. if you come to them and say, let me help you fill time, buddy. And it's going to be all about wrestling, right? Like something unique, something different. It's not, we're not talking about baseball or basketball or we're not talking about uh what kim kardashian is doing today let's talk about local wrestling right let's put a mm-hmm. fun twist to it. let's get some wrestlers in here and let's let them be their personality right Let, let's have fun with it i can't see honestly a lot of morning drive radio stations saying no to that one of the guys who actually was really good about that was steve walker when he worked over in winona he would bring in local wrestlers he'd do some stuff with them when they were promoting upcoming shows you you always hear really good rave reviews, and you go to those shows that he actually helped promote in like Winona and stuff like that. They always popped the house, and they it drew was great. Yep. Always drew great, and it's one of the things where you know it's just like those little subtle things that help out tremendously. It's like if you look at SI, if you look at ESPN.com, you know they're covering wrestling now. If you yep. go to like Hot Topic, I don't even know if like people still go to Hot Topic, but they're selling fucking Bullet Club shit, man. Like yep. wrestling is out there, but it's it's very much the old conundrum. It's out there, but how do you get people to understand that it's out there in your own fucking backyard? Not your yep. li- you know literal backyard, but there is backyard wrestling as well. And if you want to support that, hey, go ahead and support that. Also, <laughs> maybe support the hospital bills because more than likely their insurance rates are through the fucking roof. But that's Not a wrong. different story for a different time. And you and me, man, we still need to track down the guys from that documentary, The Backyard, and actually do yeah, a podcast do. with them because I would love yeah, to pick be, their brains. That um, would be awesome. Yeah, no shit. But um, it's one of the things where, man, if you can just, it's not that hard to be connected to your community. And it's not that hard to promote what you're naturally passionate about. What it is, it's very much, are you willing to jump a hurdle that you feel is almost unmeasurable? Because you don't know how big that hurdle is. But the second you clear that, you're like, wow, wow, I just cleared the hurdle. Holy shit. Yeah. You know? Um, I wish like any promoter who's starting up from the ground up, who who thinks they know what they're doing, I wish them always the best of luck. Um, it's good to see like companies like even Showtime Wrestling up there in um, Chippewa Falls right now. These guys are actually putting the boots to the ground and doing a great job. They just had their oh, second yeah. show last week. 
these guys are on the track to do something really special up there in Triple Falls. Um, and, and they're doing it the right way too, you know, and I think a lot of companies are really finding the ways to do it right. Um, Impact Pro down in Des Moines, down in Waterloo, they're doing tremendous stuff down there. You know, you're seeing Blitz and Freelance and a lot of these places like uh, Blitz actually went out of business. I don't even know why I name dropped them, but um, <laughs> you know, that's a different story for a different day. But uh, like Freelance and Anarchy Pro and all these places are doing just phenomenal stuff. And it's like very much just getting involved in your community. And I don't know if that's a, that's a cure all for everything, but getting involved in your community and getting your eyes on certain things will help you in such a long run, man. Cause it's like, it's doing festival shows, you know, it's doing charity shows. It's man, even just having a float in the parade, you know, like, as dumb as that sounds, you know, it's like, sponsoring a car at your local track or exactly putting up a billboard at, like man why not cross promote like if your team if there's a fucking like minor league hockey team or something like that and you got some advertising budget to spend put up a fucking billboard there you know get your name in the fucking program same with like a minor league baseball team or something like that if like you have the funds to advertise advertise on places and and things that are going to actually have eyeballs on them, man. Because, like, hate yep. to say it, man, if I'm going to a fucking laundromat and that's where I find out about wrestling, it's like, guess what? <laughs> I just spent that 20 bucks. I could have spent on a wrestling ticket washing my fucking clothes. <laughs> you know? And then now I'm not going right. to go to a wrestling show because at least now I have clean jeans for, like, two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're you're completely right, you know, and I think it's kind of funny how this podcast turned into killing the town and, and talking about little companies mm-hmm. and how into, into our uh, armchair promoter, uh, we put our armchair promoter pants on. But I yeah. think at the end of the day, it's it's very similar, you know, and when it comes to those little promotions and, you know, and I think at the end of the day, regardless of what your opinion is on, on a place that books and how they book mm-hmm. and uh, who they book. You know, we want to see other others succeed, right? Like that's oh, better yeah, definitely. for the business in general. Like seeing other companies that are drawing, it opens up doors for uh, you know, some of the younger workers. It opens up doors for partnerships and in collaborating with talent. Um, and overall, it just makes the product that much better, and 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 it kind of encourages others to go to it. Um, but yeah, I can't I can't agree with you enough. You know, I I can't. You know, and and that's what's terrible about it. I feel like Stephen A. Smith, where I'm like, hey. You know, this is what my opinion is on basketball, even though I don't play it. But this is what I think people should do, and they should take my comments as the Bible. And it's like I'm not sitting here trying to stay in that. I'm just trying to give what my opinion is on things. But mm-hmm. I, I feel like, you know, I talk with Riley a lot about booking and promoting and things like that because, you know, I want lacrosse to succeed. And, you know, we didn't talk about it, but their show with Leva Bates was great. They, they drew – I think like over 150 people or something That's like good. that. That's the, good. That was what the door count was. Mm-hmm. You know, they did a great job in promoting that and getting the word out and uh, doing different things. But I think when it comes to shows without the Leva Bates, without the advertisement that Sadis, one of your big draws from the previous years coming back, you know, I think you need to do a lot more things getting out in the community. You know, a lot of times that would be, it's, it is, you know, I think, and, and I'm not trying to say bookers should take notes, but, you know, if you are a new booker or a promoter and you're not doing these things, I do think it's it is just so important to make media contacts. Get your name out there on the radio stations, the TV stations. Let them know that you're willing to do weekly segments. Let them know you're willing to do segments before your wrestling shows. You know, bust out those press releases um, 
the two weeks before you, every single show that you do, you know, let them know that you're in the community because you know what, at the end of the day, and I get this a lot in my job, mm-hmm. there's a good chance that people are going to say no, but then you're right back where you started. So mm-hmm. put a little effort into it, whether it's, you know, an hour of your free time, put a little effort into it because you are a promoter for, for a business at the end of the day, put some free time into it. If you get a no, well, Hey, at least you tried. Right. And if you get a yes, fucking great. And all of a sudden, you're way better off than you were before. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's a big part of it. Uh, obviously, sponsors is another big thing, too. But at the end of the day, you know, if you're if you're out there, if you're doing interviews with ESPN, if you're on TV this time, if you're drawing 100 people, 200 people because you're doing such a great job of promoting, those fucking sponsors will come, like, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll come to you wanting to sponsor your show because they're like, shit, dude, they're drawing like 200 fucking people every single time they, they, they have an event. We want our fucking logo out there, right? Mm-hmm. So all that stuff becomes intertwined with just becoming a great promoter and being able to get your word out there because I feel like some of these little promotions don't do a good enough job of that. Like, honestly, if I didn't seek them out and try to follow them on Facebook to keep up with what they're doing day in and day out, I wouldn't know they exist. And, uh, you know, that, and obviously I'm in a different area than them, but, you know, I feel like that's what you probably see in those communities a lot. That is definitely true. And if you're a local promoter, and actually you want to promote your upcoming show, always hit us up in the uh, the Messenger. We can always plug shows here on the Grapple Talks. Um, yeah, if you yeah, want to I mean, even come on and a... like talk yep. about your promotion and stuff like that, hit us up, man. That's, that's what we're about. This is what this podcast started out as. It's very much getting out there and getting the word out on shows because that's what we want to do because like, as wrestling fans, man, like you want to make sure you can go see the more wrestling you can see, that's great. It's like being a fan of live music, you know? It's like the more opportunities there are to see live music in your town, you're going to go see live music. It's yep. just one of those things. Yeah, and definitely, you know, I think that's another great avenue. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say we have the widest, you know, listener base. Like, if you go to our Podbean account, those numbers kind of speak for themselves. That obviously doesn't include iTunes listens, but – yeah. Um, but uh. But, yeah, I mean, you know, being able to come on and talk with us, if you're a smaller promotion, you know, even if we only have a reach of however many people, a lot of times how I look at things is it becomes kind of a domino effect, right? So if, mm-hmm. if one person hears your message, they might go tell two people, and those two people might tell four people. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, 100 people know about what it is that you're doing. So, you know, if you ever have the opportunity, and again, even if it is like a rinky-dink radio station, if it's a grapple talk, if it's a deech and dash, if it's a Riley factor, you know, hit us up and, and just more or less try to get more involved. Try to promote your product because that's what, at the end of the day, what we're here to help you do. We want to try to promote you. We don't want to try to talk bad about you. I mean, I hope none of what we're saying is coming off that way. I think at the end, we're, now we're just talking about wrestling. I, I kind of forgot we were recording a little bit. <laughs> but now we're just talking about things that we'd probably talk about over a beer and some pizza. But um, hopefully nobody took any of this bad. I would hate for that to happen because at the end of the day, we want everybody to succeed. And we're not trying to tell people what to do because I think my advice can doesn't mean shit. But. But yeah, you know, if if we can help in any way possible, I think that's what uh, this whole podcast is really what what it's about. Yeah, except for money, we can't really give you guys money. Yeah, we can't do that. That's no. uh, that's yeah, that's something that we just can't. Yeah, that's not a possibility. Right yeah, now. yeah, not not now, not never. Yes, I'll take my eggs over easy, and I'll take my podcast, Deach and Dash. That's right, the Deach and Dash podcast hosted by me, gorgeous Jordy Lee, available via the Grapple Talk Network. It's about to get weird. We're going to talk some wrestling, maybe, some life, probably, and I'm definitely going to ask whether you prefer ketchup or mustard. Catch us via the Grapple Talk Network 
and wherever iPods are available to you. iPods or podcasts? God, I'm the worst. Hello, wrestling fans. Cole Cabana coming to you live from the One Hour Tease Arena in beautiful Chicago, Illinois. The pro wrestling action has been great so far. As you can see, Joey really dominating the ring so far. There's a beautiful belly-to-back suplex. And... Uh-oh. Looks like Joey's shirt has been ripped. What's up with that? You ripped my shirt. Let's go check an instant replay, see exactly what happened there. You can see Joey's shirt ripped from the collar, and that's not good when you're trying to wear your pro wrestling t-shirt. Man, you ripped my shirt. It's my only shirt. Joey. Hey, looks like Ryan from One Hour Tees just threw Joey Ryan a brand new t-shirt. Thanks, pro wrestling tees. ProWrestlingTees.com, over 3,000 wrestling t-shirts designed and sold by pro wrestlers. Wrestlers such as Steve Austin, CM Punk, Macho Man, Nick Foley, DDP, Andre the Giant, Jake the Snake, Hexaw, Jim Duggan, Scott Hall, Ted DiBiase, Cole Cabana, Joey Ryan, Cliff Compton, and the entire Bullet Club. All stores owned by pro wrestlers. Support pro wrestling today and visit ProWrestlingTees.com. Hey, Grapple Talk listeners, this is Chris from Spot Monkey Media. Are you a professional wrestler, a promoter, a business owner? Spot Monkey Media is graphic design for the wrestling professional. We offer design services for t-shirts, event posters, 8x10s, logos, and even ring gear. But if you're not in the wrestling business, we work outside the ropes. Go to SpotMonkeyMedia.com for more information. Spot Monkey Media. Create your legacy. Hey guys, this is AC Riley reminding you to check out the Riley Factor only on the Grapple Talk Network. Join me as I talk wrestling, interview wrestlers in my Spotlight and Squared Circle segment, and much, much more. What are you waiting for? Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the Grapple Talk Network today. And as always, support independent wrestling. Well, hey, we've been talking for an hour. Shit. Time yeah, flies. That's kind of what happens. Uh, hey, you know, if we uh, if we have any sponsors, this would be where the live read would be. Um, so uh, we don't have any, so we'll skip that for now. Hey, how did your fantasy football team do this week? Oh, we're going to do fantasy football talk. We're going to wind down a little bit. Yeah, uh, I uh, did the, for those of you that are listening, I did the whole zero quarterback strategy. I've been bragging about it quite a bit on social media. Well, I don't know um, if it's like so much bragging as like, oh, dude, you know, like you th- kind of told me the 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 backstory of this one where, you know, you kind of had an eye on a quarterback and you were kind of just waiting until you had to take him. And by the yep. time it got to that point, quarterbacks started coming off the board, left, right, left, right. So in this league, what round did you actually draft a quarterback or did you just grab one off waivers? I believe, to be honest, I think it was literally either in the last round or the second to last round. So like the um, traditional so did, spot so was, for like the defense or the kicker, right? Yeah. So I was targeting, um, and I, um, I was targeting Matthew Stafford and uh, Eli Manning. Actually, uh, mm-hmm. two guys that get drafted, one of the last quarterbacks drafted. But you know, Eli Manning obviously proved why he should have been drafted last. Yeah, but man, he had, like he, yeah. had, man, he, oh, man, that was a terrible game. But that offensive line sucks. Yeah, it's pretty bad. But he, you know, had a. Uh, addition of Brandon Marshall, mm-hmm. obviously having OBJ. I thought he'd be up for big things. And Matthew Stafford throws the ball 50 times a game anyway, so he's guaranteed to get you something. And so I was like, well, I'll hold off on, you know, what what the overall difference between a guy like Stafford and, and Aaron Rodgers, we know that Aaron Rodgers is going to win you games. We know he's one of the greatest quarterbacks to play in the history of the game because say what you want. You know, I, I know that this goes back to, you know, people saying that uh, Warren Moon was great and he was, but, when you look at the ability that a lot of athletes have these days, it probably doesn't compare to back then. It's hard to compare exactly, you know, quarterback to quarterback unless you try to reference, you know, you know, 
take it in a vacuum. But um, what I'm trying to say is at the end of the day, when you look at a guy like Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford, statistically, they might not have that big of difference because, you know, Stafford's going to throw 30 touchdowns, 10 picks. Rodgers is going to go throw 30 touchdowns, 10 picks. And, uh, you know, overall wins don't matter at the end of the day in fantasy football. So um, I thought I'd get them later and try to stack up, you know, the rest of my team because I had a couple of bad running back picks and I wanted to have guys on the bench in case I need to, you know, flip guys in and out each week. And then all of a sudden Matthew Stafford goes, you know, it was my turn to draft. And uh, I go, okay, well, every team has a quarterback. So I'm going to keep pushing it on not taking one because, you know, if all these teams pick their quarterback, what's the point of taking another one to back them up? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So then all of a sudden, like round eight, somebody out takes Stafford. And I was like, what the fuck was that about? I was like, well, you know what? Eli Manning is ranked really fucking low. So I'll just, you know, wait for that. And then what do you know? Next round, somebody takes Eli Manning as a backup. And I was like, what the shit is happening? So then all of a sudden I was like, well, maybe I'll take Andy Dalton. And then there goes Andy Dalton. Well, it's probably a good Tyrod thing, you know, Taylor. like I wouldn't want Andy Dalton after that week. Yeah, I so. wouldn't either. But, but you know, there goes Tyrod Taylor. And all these guys that you're kind of like are like your back-tier quarterbacks are just going, right? Your Carson Wentz is gone. Like all these guys who I thought would be there are gone. So I said, fuck it, you know, whatever. I see Jay Cutler's there, and I go, you know what? Everybody has this perception that Jay Cutler's a whiny little bitch, and he's a terrible player, which – you know, he forces the ball, but so did a, a gunslinger number four that did the, that. You know, had a very similar play style, mm-hmm. um, and he also showed his dick to people too. So that's kind of weird. Yeah, but, you know. Right, but here's the thing about Jay Cutler, right? He didn't have a good last couple of seasons for the Bears. I get that, but he has talent, right? I know he's had a couple of seasons where he's thrown 30 touchdowns, right? He has talent. He just needs the guys around him, and he needs the right coaching system. Adam Gase, uh, the the coach for the the Dolphins, uh, was a guy that he really played well under over there in Chicago when he was an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of things going right for him. So I said, fuck it. I just took him in the last round, and I was like, this is my starting quarterback, right? And obviously their, their week got flipped around because of the hurricane. So then I had to go to the waivers, and there was Trevor Simeon just sitting there. So yeah. I picked him up. And he had like a he had a three touchdown game. So he had yeah, a I, very good game against the uh, L.A. Chargers. Who, man, talk about! If there's one thing you can always count on in the NFL, is the Chargers going to do Charger things. Yep. And they did Charger things Monday night, man. Yeah, and that's and that's my big. You know, you pick up Trevor Simeon. Mm-hmm. He is projected to. Ha- he was projected to have nine points, Jesse. Yeah. Now nine points for a quarterback is like six completions like it's fucking nothing yep so i was sitting there and i was looking at it and i said you know what if if he can outplay nine points i made a good pickup and he scored me like 24 points yeah so he almost tripled his value in that scenario and i ended up winning that that game my first week game by like uh 20 points so it all worked out at the end of the day um but yeah it's it was interesting because i know a lot of people you know quarterbacks are sometimes the the big hitters in the league. But I think, you know, traditionally it's the running backs and wide receivers that'll make or break your season because at the end of the day, a quarterback will traditionally score you anywhere between 15 and 25 points in the leagues that I play in. Unless you're talking about the uh, sexy KC league, which doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, you and me actually had a head-to-head matchup um, in That's Ryan right. Brown's league this past week. Um, this was actually a very, I, I would say it was a competitive game, but you already had the dice on me. With Kareem Hunt. Like, you dropped, like, 40 points on me Thursday night. There was just no way I could come back. But it still kind of made it – I lost by 19. 
you know? Yeah. So it was actually kind of interesting. <laughs> a lot of that was just like Austin Hooper came and saved my ass, you know? Yep. Right. Yeah. Hooper had a really good game. Yeah. Hooper is a guy that I drafted as a tight end in a lot of my leagues just because, you know, the sheer, he's, he's the number one tight end there now. Tammy's not, you know, and he's a young guy and he's a pass catcher. Right. So in mm-hmm. that offense, that's exactly what they need. And he's flourishing, obviously being in his second year. And, uh, I think anybody, you know, he was one of those tight ends that wasn't drafted until one of the last, you know, rounds. Uh, that that was another strategy. You know, I I don't. I'm a Patriot homer. Yeah. And I'd always draft like later in rounds in my leagues last year and previous years. Um. So I always just took the bit the bullet and always took Gronk because you know when he does play, except for last, you know, sometimes he's like almost a guaranteed touchdown. Sometimes you know he's like the most. He's like the has the most touchdowns in his amount of games or whatever his ratio touchdown to playing whatever it is. Um, so this year I, I said, fuck that. Cause he's always injured. I tried to take a route where I didn't take a tight end until late. Hooper was one of those guys that was always there. And you know, that's a really good value pick. He's in a passing offense. He's a pass catching tight end out of college. He had a ton of hype coming out of college, but he was second on the depth chart. And now as the number one guy, you're seeing what he can do. Yeah. You saw what he did actually against the Patriots in that Super Bowl. He's yeah. been on a run since then. Um, what he was able to do against Chicago with two catches was fucking sick, dude. Like, listen, like, there's not a lot of guys who can actually put up that stat number with just two catches. Yep, right. Yeah, there isn't. But it's going to be interesting this week, of course. You know, we have Miami and Tampa are going to be back in action, so you have a full slate. Um, Miami and Tampa, man, it's it's very unfortunate for both of those franchises. They, uh, you know, because of the hurricane, they actually had to move their week 11 by to week one, and now they're going to play 16 straight games. Um, does yeah, that, that's unfortunate. Does that change any of your philosophy when it comes to whether or not you're going to start guys from those franchises late in the season? No, uh, and actually it makes me kind of happy because, you know, um, I was listening to a lot of podcasts on this, and mm-hmm. at the end of the day, when you look at those bye weeks, um, they guys are usually still banged up even after having a full week off. Right. Yeah. So I think in this sense, you know, it, it, it's unfortunate and guys might be a little tuckered out, but knowing that they don't have that bye week there, I don't think that's going to affect them too much. And then for me, you know, if Cutler actually does play well and doesn't get injured, I have a quarterback now from week two until week 17, in one of my leagues. So I don't have to worry if, if I decide to go with the, you know, say fuck it and just go with him through the year. I don't know. He could end up being a big pile of shit. I have no idea. But if he plays well, <laughs> I don't have to worry about dropping somebody else on my bench to pick up another quarterback. I can just roll with him for the rest of the year, not worry about that bye week. And I think the same thing can be said for like a Jay Ajayi or, you know, any of those uh, Bucks players like a Mike Evans. You don't have to worry about benching him and being like, well, how am I going to make up those points moving forward? So, uh, you know, for me it was nice because I got my – I got through the first week and I won. So – um, at the end of the day, this was kind of a perfect week for me to make an excuse of losing. And I, I came out with a W. So now I, I kind of come out in the clear in that one, because, you know, a lot of times when we're drafting, you worry about bye weeks, how, you know, how are you going to be able to get a W, um, when the, all these guys are off at the same time. So I think, you know, while it's stung at first with dolphins and bucks fans, I think in the long run, especially when games become really important later on in the season, this is actually a pretty nice thing for us. Oh, for the players, it sucks. Well, it's <laughs> but, definitely true. And look at this weight. You play the Chargers defense two weeks in a row now with your starting quarterbacks. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And if uh, if we noticed anything from the inept Denver Broncos offense from last year against these Chargers, um, it might be a very long season for the Chargers again. Yep. 100%. Couldn't mm-hmm. agree with you more. All right, cool. Well, that might do it here for Grapple Talk. Um, I, we're 
man, just hit us up on the Facebook page. Give us a uh, like there. Follow us on Twitter. We're always doing some weird, wacky, fun stuff there. Usually AC Riley is always posting results from shows. It's always kind of weird, too, because, like, you know, when you're posting results from the show, um, usually it's with Twitter handles. And you're not actually necessarily throwing down the worker's name as well. Um, yeah, so <laughs> make sure if you're if you're checking out those um, those Twitter results, um, you kind of figure out who who is who because sometimes some of those Twitter handles might be a little bit different than their character names as well. Yep, yep, you'll notice that a lot, definitely. Um, yeah, so make sure it's up. It's uh, Facebook, the Grapple Talk, otherwise at the Grapple Talk on Twitter. And then don't forget also if you are listening to this on iTunes or Podbean, you know, make sure to check out the other episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that you probably have because those are pretty popular, but Deach and Dash, a great show with, uh, Jordy Lee, uh, where he sits down and interviews and just talks to people, asks if they like ketchup and mustard. It's great. It's good content. So it get, I'm not going to lie. There's been a couple of times where it's made me laugh out loud, like legit. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, good uh, stuff. it's a fun, entertaining podcast. Uh, AC Riley has been doing some good stuff with his, um, Riley factor, being able to talk to, uh, being able to talk to some of the uh, the folks around the state that are involved heavily in wrestling, whether they're workers or what, what their role is in wrestling. And then, uh, obviously, regular guy gaming. Got to plug the other show that I'm doing. Uh, we talk about video games, and sometimes a lot of that rates, relates to wrestling. So if you're listening to this podcast, Wrestling, give that one a listen and uh, you know let us know what you think. Yeah, and what's the uh, the channel name for your video game commentaries as well? Oh, that's uh, Ragbag, R-A-G-G-B-A-G. -G -G. Check me out there. I added a face cam recently. I haven't done any videos, actually, for a couple of days. It's been too busy, but I'm planning on recording uh, a whole shit ton of them over the, the uh, coming days and then uh, so I can have some stuff stockpiled so I can uh, have a re regular release day of the week. So that's to come. But, yeah, I, ha I haven't updated anything since, like, last Thursday or something, but that'll be changing. Oh, wow, man, that's, uh, that's uh, pretty late for you. Yeah, I, well, I typically have been doing every couple of days, but, I, you know, things got just so busy and, uh, with the home life and uh, with work and with things happening outside of work that I just haven't had time to sit down and re even record. I mean, I haven't played really any video games as of late. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the big thing that, uh, you know, I'll be tackling next. Man, Nick, if I was doing your um, video game, you know, channel, you know, playing the video games, um, I don't think there would be a new video for like four years because I haven't played <laughs> shit for video games in the longest time. Um, I would be still trying to beat the first chapter of Lego Indiana Jones. So that's, um, uh, yeah, it's not a bad game. That's a good game. It's a good game. Hopefully, one of these days I get to see the Lego Nazi's face melt. But um, we got yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll we'll see if we can get there. Hey, I did watch a movie last night. I'm not too sure if you saw it yet, but The Witch. Now this is a good one. This is a very good one. Um, dropped last year. It's a Puritan piece about a family who decides to leave their community. And uh, basically, yeah, they end up running into some supernatural trouble out in the woods where they decide oh. to um, set up shop. Um, it's a really good movie, man. Like, dark as fuck, um, moody as hell. If you're a big fan of horror movies, I definitely recommend checking this one out. Yeah, unfortunately, Zari's not, but we did just go see It. Uh, if you haven't seen It yet, personally, I actually really liked it. Um, mm -hmm. I know the jury's out. I think there's a lot of conflict i think i think it just depends on what you are mm -hmm. i liked it because it remade the old movie and it it made it current right it made it modern you know i went back and watched the old it and i think it stands up and it's good but at sometimes too i'm like man the horror element for this movie just doesn't it's just it's so corny you know what i mean and this new it right it's just very psychotic and and like you mentioned with witch it's very dark 
and it's just and you know like um there, there's just more gore in it and it's just like it, it appeals to more modern audience and i really appreciate what they did there and i really appreciate what the actor of uh the scars guard fellow that did it um uh in this iteration i think he did a phenomenal job it's great and uh, apparently they're going to be coming out with a sequel, so that's pretty cool. So how can you uh, do a sequel to It? So is it It 2, Electric Eating, or what, what are you going to call it? Like, what, what's the name they, of the they, sequel? Like, They it, didn't follow the trend of the, the first one. Are they going to call it more fucking It? One. No, I don't think so. No, oh, man, they they're going to the totally call it more more It, aren't they? They're going to call it more, more it. it. Yeah. No, they're called it, The first one's called It Chapter 1, so I assume it'll be It Chapter 2. So was there so. a subtitle for Chapter 1? Like, it chapter one, the beginning, or was it it chapter one? It was a nice day out on the plateau or something like that. It was one of those things where basically at the very end of the movie, you know, it's like, oh, it's all done. And then it said it. And then on the screen, text came on. It's like chapter one. It's like, oh, obviously there's going to be a chapter two then. That's exactly what that's alluding to. Um, <laughs> but but they oh, but they didn't, they didn't necessarily follow the exact structure of the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so and they didn't end it the same way the first movie ended. So I think it left the door open to do another one. So um, on the rankings of Stephen King adaptation movies, where, oh, where where does it fall then? I don't fucking know, dude. That's way too hard. <laughs> oh come That's on, man. Difficult. We 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 I know, just say, we you know, know like, the top I've five is on, already. I've seen people on the social medias and everything and, and saying that it was a bad movie. I don't. I I totally disagree with that. You know, it's one of those things where it's become such a pop culture thing now. It's like what at the highest highest grossing uh, rated like, R movie of all time or something I think like it's that. the highest grossing horror movie of all time. I'm not too sure, sure. if it's the highest grossing R rated movie of all time because that might okay. still fall onto the shoulders of the Deadpool, actually. Sure. Um, but I think it's definitely worth a see. You know, whether it's $5, you know, $5 Tuesday movie night or it's at your local whatever you have that's similar to, like, our Rivoli. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, it's definitely uh, worth checking out you know it's just because it's it's become a pop culture phenomenon at this point and uh, you know <laughs> i just think it's a good movie man it's 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 a good horror movie it has it has you scared a couple of times but then overall i think it's just a good movie and it's a, it's fun and it's something different and you know i think with the lack of really really good horror movies um i think it's i think it it sets its place in being one of the top ones that's come out in a while I don't know, man. That's that's saying a lot because he had probably almost an all-time classic actually drop earlier this year with Get Out. Yeah, but I almost don't. I don't know. I don't consider Get Out to be a, a horror movie for some reason. Really? Yeah. Man, I don't know. We're gonna have this discussion for another day because, like, Get Out is definitely a horror movie. Is it? Yeah. Probably depends on what your uh, definition of a, is a uh, of a horror movie. If the definition of a horror movie is to twist reality into a um. Uh, like a twisted perception of it, then you definitely have a horror movie. Doesn't necessarily have to constitute like monsters and witches and you know um, creatures and all that jazz. Yeah, I, I think now I think we're just getting into subgenres of horror movies. I guess for the <laughs> It movie, I kind of meant it more like a supernatural. I don't know what the right word is, um, but you know. I guess yeah. At the end of the day, they're both horror movies, but I wouldn't put them under the same same subcategory. I don't know. I'm oh, a pretty big horror movie fan, so yeah. I, you know, I, I kind of, I like to break those things up, into, you know, because you might see a Get Out, or then you might see a Strangers, you know, right? Like the movie Strangers. Like mm-hmm. I would say those are two totally opposite movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when it comes to 
com- you know, the same thing can be said for comedy and drama and things like that, I guess, too. I don't know. I don't now know. Com- just, comedy is a little tougher because, like, with comedy, you, you have usually one of two things. You have highbrow and lowbrow comedy. Right. That's about it. That's about it because, like, that's, that's where it all kind of filters at that point. Well, we should probably wrap this up, man. Yeah, definitely. You know, yeah, it is getting kind of late. I want to go home. Yeah, I gotta get back up to uh, work super early tomorrow. Um, yeah, tomorrow's my early shift as it is, so it's just one of those things that kind of happen, you know. So and it's already Wednesday. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. So it is. Is it Wednesday today? It's yeah. Tuesday today. Well, it's gonna be Wednesday when I go to bed. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, man. Okay. So, so if we get an opportunity. This weekend, we're going to try to drop a second episode. We're going to talk about the May Young Classic. So hopefully by that time, Nick would actually have a chance to actually catch up with it. Um, yep. The only thing I'm missing on that is the finals, which is probably going on right now as we're talking. So that one's going to be interesting to see. I kind of want to get your opinions on some of the matchups that we saw, especially if you get an opportunity to watch it, Nick. Um because I thought overall it was a very good tournament. I don't think it was necessarily like super groundbreaking, but it was a good tournament overall. And I hope I don't get like flack for saying it wasn't groundbreaking or anything like that. Um, but it's definitely one of those things where it, it felt top heavy after a while. And sure. maybe that's just because of WWE using this as also a platform to introduce a lot of the, the gals they have in the performance center who have bright futures. It's just, they don't have the reps yet. Right. Yeah, it should be exciting. I know that I'm going to try to get some of the time in watching that uh, tournament here over the next couple of days. And, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll probably drop a podcast. Maybe we'll do some stuff with New Japan's uh, latest work. And then we'll also talk a little bit about the Mae Young Classic, both the content of it and then just what we think it, it means for the business moving forward. Well, definitely. I mean, we did that last year with the Cruiserweight Classic, and we were very optimistic about the future of the Cruiserweights, and then Son 205 happened. Yeah. So, um, just, yeah. yeah, maybe we, we should almost do a retrospective podcast on that. You know, that'd be fun. Like, we go right. back and re-listen to it and be like, God damn, we were fucking idiots. <laughs> you know, it's like almost like, yeah. you know, like week by week, you can listen to, like, Matthew Berry and Field Yates and all those guys, like, talk up a certain player, and then they just shit the bed. Like, yep. week after week. It always happens. Yep, yep. 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 We're talking That's about, we're to, talking about yep. Eric Ebron this week. <laughs> so. Yep. Yep. Like, yep, I don't want perspective on guys anymore. Just give me the latest news on if they're healthy or not, because that's pretty much all I can take for, you know, right now. Yep, yep. So anyone who actually has David Johnson in your fantasy leagues, uh, tough shit, man. Yeah, tough shit. <laughs> I can't tell you how many leagues he was drafted number one in, and it's like, oh, man, that sucks. Dislocated that's wrist, man. Oof. Who would have thunk, man? Who would have thunk? But, hey, it ha- player and- if there's one thing you could always count on with fantasy sports – is a top five guy will go out within the first two weeks. Yep. Absolutely. And unfortunately, it's David Johnson, but who the fuck knows, man? Maybe next week it's going to be Le'Veon. I don't know. Oh, man. Oh, now we almost kind of got like a Deadpool going. Who's the next guy to go? Who's the next guy? Yeah. Right. All right. So yeah, you but- got Le- you got Bell. All right, cool. The next guy I think that goes? Oh, man. Cam Newton. I think he's done after this week. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Cam Newton, eh? Yeah, and you got uh, Bell. So, and I'll take Newton. All right, cool. Hopefully, uh, neither one of us are right because I I have them each in a team somewhere in the <laughs> in the nine leagues I'm in. Which, oh, man, I gotta start saying no to some of this stuff. 
Yep, that's me too. If you if you take anything away from this podcast, let it be uh, that you know moving forward you uh, you stop signing up so many fantasy leagues because God, it's like a extra fucking job at this point it is it is and it doesn't pay like an extra job man it doesn't pay like an extra job i'm sitting here trying to figure out if i should you know i'm doing like research at home and shit like who should i pick up who should i not pick up and at the end of the day i'm like man this is this is totally not worth it but you know it happens and uh you know i'm happy to do it and uh hey it it gives you a reason to talk with some friends that are across the state and things like that too so that is definitely true all right jess well uh sweet dude let's wrap this uh episode up then all right cool then All right, see ya. All right, goodbye. Hey, everybody, this is RGG from the Regular Guy Gaming Podcast on the Grapple Talk Network. I think it's safe to say if you like wrestling, you also like games. So join me and my co-host, Ragbag, as we talk about old games, new games, games we love, games we hate, special guests, interviews, and, of course, Ragbag's love for Luigi Mansion. That is all on Regular Guy gaming check us out hey everybody it's me darren corbin i've always gotten the question why do i not do my own podcast well i've branched out and i've tried to do wrestling reflections and wrestlers moving letter plus my promos that i flood your feed with all the time and the number one reason is when it comes to podcasts everyone can always find a way to hear myself talk and there's numerous podcasts out there but i want to give my endorsement to one very special one and that'd be Grapple Talk that covers a lot of the Midwest independent wrestling highlights. See, a lot of the local Midwest wrestlers are the spotlight of the Squared Circle hosts. And that would be Nick Ragnar, Jesse Von Ruden, and AC Riley. And every week on iTunes or Podbean, you can catch their podcast. So I just want to give them a shout out. So if you're asking me why I don't do podcasts and you're maybe looking for my opinion, check them out for all your podcast needs and take a look and keep supporting independent wrestling in the Midwest.